1: Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo, 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 yo. We're heading up the Gangplank and going down below.
2: Bravo! Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report bonus episode. We have Gabby in the house and we've got some really fun stuff to talk about and after watching this episode first of all Gabby thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: (laughs) Always of course this for me was gut-wrenching to watch on a lot of different levels One, because I love you and I adore you. And it's hard for me to watch you go through any kind of stress or emotional pain. And I feel like a lot of the other people that I interacted with on Twitter felt the same way. And I think that you have carried this season in a different kind of way. One for yourself, but two for the rest of us, because it's polarized a lot of the viewership. Mm -hmm. Not so much in a... It's more in a Gabby heavy way, I would Mm -hmm. say. And, And watching this season, we talked to you before the season even aired and we let fans get to know you a little bit, but now that everybody knows you and has seen the process that you went through with this. I think that it's kind of come full circle for us to be able to have a chat with you again. And I know Jen and I are
0: both grateful that you're here. So thank you. I am very grateful you're here. I'm very sad, but I'm grateful. Oh, thank you. I have loved watching you on the show. I have loved the perspective that you brought to it. So I'm a little sad, but I'm happy for you in the same way that Glenn shared that he was happy for you putting you first and your needs first, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as women, we tend to not do that, whether we're in a partnership or whether we're flying solo, we tend to be caretakers and put everybody else's needs first and ignore our own. So I'm proud of you for that.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do to admit that you're struggling. And then to try to leave with your dignity intact. It's definitely no easy feat, especially, yes, being a woman where we're constantly told, you know, to calm down when we're not even angry, or we're too emotional or comments like, are you on your period? Like, it's so hard for us to be able to draw lines in the sand, accept our limits and to make other people respect our boundaries. So it was a lot. And it was a really hard decision to make. Because obviously, when I went on the show, I thought I was going to be best friends with everyone. I had seen season two, and I loved all the characters. And I thought I was going to be everyone's favorite and like make best friends. But when things were completely going left and opposite, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I said so many times during something like, is this really happening? Why is it happening like this? And I I know I'm not an angel, and you guys know that I drink too much from time to time. But it was the only way that I could, like, get out of my head for a second. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, all of the resentment that I was building throughout the week when I was sober was coming out in a bad way on our nights out. And it just further pushed the cast away from me and, in turn, isolated myself. And it was a very lonely, kind of depressing time for me. It was so hard to watch. Seriously, I cried. I just wanted to reach through the screen and give myself a hug. Like... Oh, this is, you know, yeah,
2: I'm glad I got to give you a hug last week when we were watching your episode, because I've been wanting to do that all season. I haven't had the chance to see you since before the season started. So I'm glad I got to catch up with you in the Bahamas and give you a hug and watch the episode with you. And I think for what it's worth, you might not have been a cast favorite, but you were definitely a fan favorite. And the support that you got that I saw was almost nothing but positive which I think is amazing and I think that there's a lot of people that sided with you especially with Ashley and I know that that was one of the biggest parts of your storyline on the show Mm -hmm. was there more to it than what we saw or was that basically the gist of what you dealt with the entire season
1: oh lord well to be honest people I'm as confused as the viewers like when you know I see comments like why the hell would Gabby confide in Ashley I'm being 100% honest when I'm telling you guys, I had no idea that the sabotaging started immediately. I had no idea that she was poisoning the well and getting in everyone's ear and changing their perceptions of me, which explains why some of them weren't really giving me a chance or trying to get to know me because it seems like they were all pretty much listening to her. And no one really came to me to see my side, but what they did see was me getting drunk and angry and, and like calling people out on their shit Um, So the only like no one got to know me during work hours. I was too busy with the guests when the rest of the crew was in the galley, snacking, joking around, bonding. I didn't get those bonding moments sober like everyone else did. So I really in the dark, I was pretty naive to what was actually going on because Ashley was nice to my face. We used to joke around in our cabin all night laughing. We used to make fun of Gary together and like cackle about it. We love Gary, obviously, but you know we had a great time like in private, so I was really shocked. I didn't find out until episode six that she hated me that much and that she was really that competitive. I didn't see it, and I didn't feel it while we were working, except when she would not respond to me when I would talk to her or when she would give me the cold shoulder. That's when I was like, ah, oh, she just has an attitude problem. Who cares? She's 23. I was 23, so it didn't really bother me. Seeing all of this for the first time, I'm like, oh, wow, this is dark. Like, this is kind of scary, Yeah, you know? Have you guys ever seen the movie Single White Female? Yes, I have. <laughs> <Yeah. That's> really... <laughs> <That's> really...
0: <laughs> She's very Jennifer Jason Lee. yes.
1: <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, oh my God, I slept in the same room as that girl. I'm surprised she didn't kill me in my sleep. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> At least she didn't crimp her hair to try and make it look like yours. That would have been a little scary. Oh my God.
1: That would have been hysterical (laughs) that she got a perm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, as you were
0: going on, we saw you mostly confide in Gary and Kelsey. Is it safe to say that those were the two on the crew that you felt most comfortable with? Absolutely.
1: And Tom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So basically I was friends with the deck team. Right. And one of my little buddies got sent home early. Kelsey's from San Diego. So I think San Diego girls are so laid back and like down to earth and kind of, you know, pretty, but pretty tomboys like Kelsey. And like, she really just dis- understood me and gave me the shoulder to cry on when I needed it. And, you know, the bow talk wasn't the first time Kelsey and I had that conversation. And we were all nights nice together most of the season. okay. So she was the person I could really confide in. Gary is a great support and confident as well, but he's literally living on in Garyland. Mm -hmm. so i don't think he really realized what was going on until we see him say like maybe ashley's trying to sabotage gabby i was like wow because he was completely in the dark too to be honest Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah i
2: was actually surprised with his level of awareness
0: this season
1: same same Yeah.
0: It was refreshing (laughs) to see a different side of him. That isn't just the playboy side. It was nice to see. I mean, he's always been a good worker. I don't want to dismiss his work ethic, Mm -hmm. but as far as his interpersonal personality, it was nice to see him really kind of sitting down with you, giving good advice. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed watching
1: that. Yeah. same.
0: Yeah, so the Marcos thing, for us, it seemed to come out of left field. Is that one of those things where, with the edit, it had happened a couple times before, and we didn't see it because they were focusing on giving Tom camera time, maybe? Honestly,
1: Ooh, girl. <laughs> Honestly, on our first night, I thought Marcus was the hottest one. And I was like, ooh, he got an accent. He can cook? Like, yes, he's nice and big. I want to climb that tree. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I remember our first night out. So, like, our first week or a few days we were there. I could see every time I made a joke or a comment that he would roll his eyes or, like, completely ignore me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not interact with me. I think there's just something about my assertive personality that just gets under his skin and it did start immediately and I think that the editing had to leave some of it out because it just got really dark right like it got really dark and it would have been like a wet blanket for everyone if they did show the build-up to me and Marcos finally getting into it it wasn't fun it wasn't fun to be in and it wasn't fun to watch it's not fun to watch let me tell you yeah so I don't know what his issue is with me I just want to say that I think that with, I don't want to generalize and I don't want to make accusations. I really don't know what Marco's problem was with me aside from, you know, from time to time being a sloppy drunk and getting on his nerves. But like, I tried to speak to him and get to know him on several occasions and he was always very dismissive to me, which you can kind of see sprinkled throughout like the season whenever I'm in the galley, it's a little awkward. And I really could never put my finger on it, what it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he was really trying to he's trying to be a better person because I know he's had a rough past right. and whatever it is about my personality it really triggers him and he didn't want to become the old Marcos and let me have it the way he maybe would have years ago in his past okay
0: yeah he did mention in last night's episode that you reminded him of one of his ex-girlfriends and sometimes Ooh, it can be a sim- yeah he said that while you guys were at the villa oh my god you were asleep. <laughs> so that's why oh, you yeah. missed it.
1: But yeah, yeah, and sometimes that's all it takes though. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Well, that's true. I've actually been in an abusive relationship. I had to go to therapy for it afterwards because my ex was a socio-narcissist and completely brainwashed me. Mm-hmm. And so I get triggered sometimes by if I get condescended or patronized or if, or if I get gaslit it mm-hmm. sends me into a spiral. Mm-hmm. And I start doubting myself, I get really paranoid, because I don't know if this person's trying to manipulate me or not. So it still comes up in social settings for me sometimes when I see or meet someone that exhibits the same characteristics that my ex had. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand if I remind him, Marcos, of his ex girlfriend in certain qualities of mine, like outspokenness. People seem to be in- intimidated by me a lot this season. That word was thrown around a lot. And I'm just like, if you're intimidated by me, that's your problem. You need to look into that. Yeah. I'm 110 pounds and like, <laughs> I'm pretty harmless, but I do know that I can be harsh with words. What I lack in physical strength, I make up with a visceral tongue. And I know that. Yeah. Because that's really my only defense at this point like is, my a Chihuahua. is my intellect like yeah exactly <laughs> I'm just barking. Well, and that's the thing.
0: You're very smart, but your commentary can be very biting. And I think you have the same problem that I have a lot. My humor is very dry. I cue it here on the podcast. I'll laugh at my own jokes so people know that I'm kidding. But in real life, and my husband is the same way, people will think that we're fighting and we're just like cracking each other up, but we're just not laughing out loud about it because- we have a dark, biting wit.
1: Also, it's like, yeah, it's very monotone. My voice is very monotone. Mm-hmm. I stay in character when I'm making a joke. Mm-hmm. And I don't say just joking. So people don't that don't know me very well don't know whether or not I'm joking. They're like, damn, that was really mean what she just said, but it's a right. joke. <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? It's also like a cultural thing. And uh, first of all, I tend to get along with Brits and like Europeans a lot better and New Yorkers, like they get it. But it's a cultural thing in a sense that in my family being latina being black like we rag on each other all day dinner uh, thanksgiving is just a roast we just go around <laughs> roasting each other and that's how like that's funny to us so mm-hmm. it's like that's what i'm used to it's like if i'm not making fun of you i don't love you i don't care about you you know what i mean and it's supposed to be lighthearted and fun but I think I tell Margos at one point, like, if I'm being playful with you, and I'm being funny with you, and you get offended, then that's your problem. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, okay, light lighten up, take a joke. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say about the last dinner, you're talking about your sense of humor. And I think that I got it that you were just being like dry and witty and sarcastic saying like, welcome to my house. Hey, okay, it's all time for us to eat <laughs> my house. Like, that's how I saw it, but it doesn't yes. seem like anybody else was in the mood to take it that way at that
1: point. Well, have you ever just disliked someone so strongly that even if they do say something funny, you refuse to laugh at their joke? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think yes. I think that was the vibe. But you know what? Daisy laughed when I was like, she the fuck up. I'm giving a toast at my home. Daisy laughed. Daisy yeah. gets it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was like cricket. I thought it was hysterical. I was cackling like... I was like, I'm so funny. Oh my God. And I'm like, Wes, I'm so funny, right? He's like, I think you're hilarious. I'm like, oh, that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: I think too, you going to sleep there, I know that you can read a room and I know that you can read energy, but I think that there was a little bit of a miss there with you not realizing that while you got to sleep it off and get refreshed, everybody else was still stewing in it. You know what oh I mean? Oh, my
1: gosh. And drinking more. hmm I was so shocked when I saw Colin chiming in and totally taking Marcos' side. First of all, Marcos is the one that flipped Daisy over on the floaty, and she kicked me in the face. And I still laughed about it. Mm-hmm. And then Colin hit me over the head with the flamingo. I mm-hmm. felt like I was being ganged up on. Like, I felt like I was in eighth grade again. It reminded me of in eighth grade when a group of girlfriends I had totally turned on me for whatever reason. And they, like, we had a sleepover at the school. And I had seven girls beating my ass with the pillows. Mm-hmm. It seriously took me back there. I was like, are you guys really? Like, first of all, we're in our mid thirties to early forties. And now you guys are laughing at me when I get meat in the face and then hitting me over the head with a floaty while I'm literally choking on water. Like, I think I was in every right to say you guys are annoying, but that's annoying. And that's mean. And that's why I went off on Marcos, like, cause he was laughing.
0: So did they know? Because they didn't show on the show like they knew they did that kind of zoom in and framed it mm-hmm. to where yeah. the audience could see it, but it didn't seem like anybody else picked up on it. <laughs> did you say it out loud?
1: No, I didn't because you know what? I'm not a wuss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was an accident on, as on Daisy's part, sorry, on Daisy's part it was an accident. She, I don't, <laughs> Andy asked me if, if Daisy ever apologized. And I said, no, because I don't think she knew that that happened, but yeah. I don't I think Marcos knew what happened and he laughed Mm -hmm. like come on dude let's grow up a little bit and like stop being so sensitive I thought it was odd that he kept saying she's picking on me she's picking on me like you're six foot three 220 pounds how are you so how is everything I'm saying really bothering you that much like come on dude yeah like seriously stop trying to paint me as a villainous evil person just because you don't understand my humor it's not that serious well
2: did you ever get to a place with Marcos where there was some kind of resolution like even after filming was over
1: oh that's the weird part so I stayed in Spain the rest of the year after filming working on another boat and Marcos reached out to me like two months after filming and was like super flirty with me in the DMs and talking about how he really never got a chance to know me that he wants to get to know the real Gabby and that like we should hang out when I come to LA for our pickups and he was really like seeming like he wanted to make amends and he was like you know on the show like he just really got under my skin I didn't know how to deal with it you know I'm sorry let's like start all over and I was like okay and then you know, the text started getting a little bit fresh (laughs) Mm -hmm. to say the least. (laughs) And, you know, he caught me at a good time because I was single and I was a little tipsy. So I, I humored it, but then I would not hear from him and he'd unfollow me on Instagram. And then I'd be like, what the hell, what did I do now? And then he'd creep up a few months later, like doing the same thing, like trying to hang out. And then he would ghost me. And I was like, okay, this guy's just weird. Like I don't want anything more than a friendship. I'm trying to keep it cordial with all my crewmates. And this I can't figure this guy out does he hate me does he not like if you don't like me then leave me alone please like I've been through enough during filming after filming I just like please leave me alone (laughs) at this point yeah and yeah it's been really weird with him he told me a couple months ago just like or last month like that that he's so disappointed in me and like he wanted to make things right, but you know what? Never mind. Let's just be professional and keep it cordial. But like, I don't want anything to do with you. And I'm like, I seriously still don't know what I did. I just like, <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah,
0: and it's one of those things where I think you're just gonna have to decide who you want in your life and who you don't. Mm-hmm. Just because you were on a show with these people doesn't mean you have to stay friends forever. Adrian can tell you that.
1: Absolutely. You pick and choose. It's but it's just that that human thing where you want everyone to like you and you want everyone to understand you and, and think you're funny and just get on well with. Um, but you can't win them all, dude. Like, you can't. Um, that's a, that's been the biggest lesson I've had to learn. Like, these people don't get me. Some of them, and they don't want to. And that that I need to be okay with that.
0: Right. And that yeah. is honestly gonna be the biggest release you have in your life when you get to the point where you don't have to have everybody like you and you can Mm -hmm. just accept that you're not everybody's cup of tea, Mm -hmm. life will get so much easier because you don't find yourself tying yourself up in knots and doing back handsprings and whatever to try and fit a square Mm -hmm. peg in a round hole. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work with some people. And once you get there, it's bliss. Let me tell you, you just don't give a rip and you just get to be the authentic you and surround yourself with the people you like, which I think is what you've got going on right now. In I, I definitely do. Yeah.
1: You know, I went through a lot as a kid, you know, being ostracized, being picked on, being bullied. And I feel like from my mid twenties to now, I've done a really good job at choosing good people in my life or attracting good people in my life because I've done so much work on myself. And it was just really a shock to the system being in an environment where I seriously couldn't win anyone over. That was, I haven't had to deal with that since college. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we're talking almost 20 years ago. So it was odd and weird and I didn't know how to navigate it. And I clearly did not know how to cope with it either. Like you can't, it's not like we can go for a run or go to the gym or go mingle with other people. We have to stay with each other and there was no escape. And unfortunately I found my escape at the bottom of a tequila bottle, which Mm -hmm. made everything worse.
0: Yeah, that was probably not the best route. (laughs) Obviously.
1: For sure.
2: (laughs) Well, and I, I mean, I can relate to that. So I went through the exact same thing. I had the highest hope going into my season and then walking out of it, I was just like, that has to have been a hidden camera show. All of this has to have been a joke because there's no way that that was real.
1: (laughs) Like, did that really happen?
2: Yeah, I usually get along with everybody. I mean, there are some people that I don't get along with inherently for whatever their reasoning is or my reasoning is or whatever. But I genuinely didn't think it was going to happen in that situation. And I was extremely disheartened and depressed. And I like went into Mm -hmm. my... When I went home, I stayed in a dark room for two weeks, just like, Mm. didn't want to deal with anybody or talk to anybody because I was so traumatized, by the way, that all went down.
1: And so I totally understand. Yeah, traumatized is the best word.
2: Because I've never been in a situation like that. And so I totally understood where you were coming from. It's disheartening because you go into that with really high hopes and to walk Mm. out of it and be like, I didn't walk out i mean i was friendly with ben and i was friendly with dave after my season but to like walk out of that and be like i have no friends that didn't that didn't work out at all how i anticipated that it (sighs) would, and it sucks it really sucks
1: it's not a good feeling and to be completely honest because i like i said i've been in an abusive relationship before i remember the day before i left that relationship i looked in the mirror and i saw an emptiness behind my eyes there was no light there was no spark i was a shell of a human And when I left the set, as dramatic as it sounds, I saw that same Gabby in the mirror. Like, I feel like they broke my spirit and I disappointed myself and let myself down. And I just felt like I'm better than this. This is not how I should be. Like, who am I? I didn't like the person I was when I was drinking on the show. I don't like the person I became. I don't like the way I reacted to any of the stuff that was going on on the show. And like, I left broken. but really. I am the queen of resilience, let me tell you, because maybe for like three weeks, I cried and I recorded myself crying and venting. I still haven't watched it because I don't know if I want to go there because I'm so dramatic. I had to, of course, see what I look like when I cry. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So dramatic. But like I stayed in Spain. I put my big girl panties on. I stopped drinking for a while. And when I did start drinking again, it was very light. And I finally could see a gauge because before it'd be like fine to black out. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm drunk. Taxi. And I would go home and go to bed and drink some water. Like, I really worked on myself a lot the last five months I was in Spain. And I was around amazing people. I made some amazing friends. And it's because I was in a good place that I was attracting good people to me. Right. You know? And I was in a good place before I went on the show, and then I spiraled and imploded basically. But I bounced back pretty quickly. And being in St. Thomas, everyone like everyone West has introduced me to. First of all, they welcomed me with open arms as if I was family by default because everyone loves West so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm again surrounded by good people. I have a great job, and I just want to really work on not taking that for granted mm-hmm. because I deserve to be. Happy and treated well, which I am here. So, like, you know, I recovered, but like, oh, watching it back, I get reactivated sometimes.
2: Which is totally understandable. Yeah. There's two rumors I want to address before we Uh-oh. wrap up. So, first rumor is just because we were just talking about it, is there's a rumor, and I know the answer to this, but there's a rumor that maybe you and Wes are an item now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was Adrian. shipping this long before it happened by the way
1: <laughs> oh my god you and everyone else I've seen some comments on reddit
0: no this was from the very first when you and Wes did the interview together from that picture you can have Adrian go through her text the next time you're in the same room with her go through her whatsapp and see if I didn't say how cute you guys look together and that I wanted you Aww. together
1: oh <laughs> yeah Well, okay, so Wes and I are dating. Yay! We've been dating for a couple months, and it was really cute. In St. Thomas, they wear these dangle bracelets, Mm -hmm. and it has, like, a little horseshoe on it or, like, a hook. And if it's facing outwards, it means you're open. And if it's facing the other way, it means that you're taken. So when he gave me the bracelet, he put it on me with the horseshoe, meaning closed. And I looked at him, I'm like, I was like, uh, oh. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, aw. That's so so cute. cute. He's adorable. It was so cute.
2: It's called a Caribbean hook and you can send us a picture of your bracelet and we'll put it on our stuff so that people can see yeah. what it, what you're talking about. But yeah, I've known for months, obviously, that you guys were dating and I didn't want to say anything because it's, it's your business, but I think it's been thrown around in the internets often enough that at this point, it's just like, Neh. It's happening. And Wes is such a good guy and I've known Wes for years too. So I couldn't be happier for the both of you because I think you're both amazing people. So yay.
1: And you know what? Going back to like surrounding yourself with good people, I don't think I've I've had a boyfriend quite as kind and patient and loving as Wes. So it's new for me because obviously you guys see how chaotic I am and how intense I am. So like being in a normal, healthy relationship, I'm like uncomfortable in normalcy, I guess. So like (laughs) he's working with me and I couldn't appreciate it more not just about the stuff about the show but just advancing my career he's super behind me getting my captain's license he's teaching me everything he knows and he's super knowledgeable about sailing it's insane and I just haven't felt supported by a partner in here so it's new for me but like I like it and he's he's hot he's so hot
0: yeah he is yeah says this old married woman but yes he is
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay next time he's working on the engine with his shirt off or washing down the boat with his shirt off I'll send you a picture so you can live vicariously for me oh my
0: gosh (laughs) my husband will kill you
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's job research at this point Jen yes
0: I can write it off as podcast research
2: so the other rumor that's flying around there was a blind item Mm -hmm. that was circulated and it's been all over the place. And you and I have talked about this already and it very much insinuates that Daisy made what can be interpreted as a racist comment to you. And you and I had a pretty lengthy conversation about this. And you told me that it was not in fact, Daisy that said that. And you don't have to say who said it because I know that that would cause more turmoil, but I mean- yeah, yeah. It was in fact said to you by a cast member on the show, but I don't feel like it's necessary to go that way, but I want to give you the opportunity to clear the air for Daisy
1: because yeah, I know that sure. that has
2: caused some conflict for you.
1: Yeah, it has. First of all, the blind item needs to be edited and rewritten because I was so hard to read. The person that wrote it, how did I even know how to use the internet? <laughs> anyway, um, no, Daisy never said anything to me remotely racist I didn't experience any microaggressions from Daisy either so that was really weird that she was named in the blind item and it did cause a big shitstorm for me I had other cast members DMing me in Daisy's defense and basically trying to make me take responsibility for the item when I don't even know who wrote it or who got that I saw an article that said a production insider was the source but I saw that too yeah yeah, yeah. It's been really difficult because it's such a heavy topic. And, you know, if I retweeted anything, it wasn't to solidify or perpetuate anything for Daisy. It was because I agree with some of the things that the fans are saying in terms of Ashley or Marcos. But I can see how perception is everything. And they Google us when we apply for jobs. And if an article about Daisy being racist comes up, that can be a career ender for her. And I don't want that for Daisy because on the show she was very kind to me and in watching the last episodes I see how she had my back and how she felt really bad and it was genuine and I I was like oh I need talk for her because we chat here and there but you know not extensively and I called her and I was like we need to talk like let's just talk it out. And we we were on the phone for like an hour and we had a great conversation. We were giggling about other stuff. And she is very loving and very kind. And I, I just wanted her to know that I don't think that of her and I never did. And I'm sorry if retweeting or liking mean comments. And that fans can stop coming after her. Exactly. And she actually said the minute that I said, no, Daisy did not say that to me. The mean hate mail stopped like immediately good and so she thanked me for doing that and where she said that she thinks that we're friends that she always liked me and she'd like to continue a friendship with me like forever like as long as we're you know on this planet she would like to be my friends and it was a really sweet conversation and obviously I didn't know what was going on on the show until I saw a lot of it but when I was in the thick of it in my anxiety state in my head on the show during filming, I just thought they were all in on it, like a conspiracy. So to see that Daisy wasn't a part of it and was trying her best, I think it gave me the validation and the relief that I needed that I've been carrying around for eight months. And she was happy to reassure me that that was not the case. She just, did not know how to handle it because it was very intense. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. I was like, in all honesty, if I was in her position, I probably wouldn't have known how to deal with it either because she didn't see what was at all the work as she was doing to undermine me and sabotage me. She thought we were doing great. And she thought everything was fine and dandy as well. So, yeah, I totally have more empathy for her. And what she must have been dealing with on top of her own problems and everyone else coming to her all the time with their problems like it was probably just a lot and I always told her that I respected her and I didn't want her to think that I didn't and that I do feel for her that she's going through this because she's basically getting blamed for stuff she didn't say or do, which sucks yeah right. It seems like everyone's looking for something because Daisy's been like the favorite shoot stew on the show in a while, and there's any craft people find, they're like really going in on it, and it sucks that it had to be something so heavy right. Yeah, that's the
0: bravo verse, to be honest. They build people up to knock them down. And that's just what they do. So I'm sorry that she got caught in the crossfire of that. That makes me sad for her. But I'm sorry that you experienced that because it sounds like somebody did say that to you. Mm -hmm. So that sucks. And I wish things like that could get out of Bravo completely. I wish they would hire people... That didn't have that tendency mm-hmm. because we've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. Just real yeah. quick about your last episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're gonna remember this or not, but there oh, was God. <laughs> there was a point where you were up by yourself on a lounger and Colin and Ashley were down below and were talking crap about you and you <laughs> came down.
1: Did you come down because you heard them <laughs> talking about you? So I knew they were talking shit. And as drunk as I was in my drunken super, I went I know I went down there just to make the situation more awkward. Because <laughs> the last <laughs> the last few times I walked in on people talking about me, what did I say? You guys okay? You need mm-hmm. anything? And it mm-hmm. got weird, right? Right. So even drunk Gabby was like, let's just go see if they're gonna tell me to my face or not, and they didn't. Right. And it's just the level of disrespect is palpable through the screen. It's like these people really have zero respect for me to my face and behind my back. And that was just so hard to watch. But it was, I was giggling because I'm like, fucking Gabby. I am so chaotic that I'm just like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> got something you want to say? No? Okay. Good night. And then and you said, copy
0: like, get the beers and he just like was deer in the headlights. It was very funny.
1: <laughs> it was funny. Yeah.
0: I have to say, I was really impressed with how Glenn handled it when you went to talk to him. He seemed extremely supportive mm-hmm. and that's nice to see we've had other issues where it's kind of somebody looking out for their own mental health and welfare where it wasn't received that well. And Glenn just seems like a gem. Is he like we picture him?
1: Oh, absolutely. He definitely has the cool uncle vibe, the cool dad vibes. He's super supportive because I think it was the way that I worded it. I made sure to say that it was the environment that was toxic for me instead mm-hmm. of because I felt like I was taking a lot of the blame throughout the season. And I wanted to, him to know that it was not just me, it was also the environment that was contributing to my spiral. And I think I explained it well. And that's why I think he received it so well, too. And it wasn't the first talk I had with Glenn. The first talk, they didn't show, but it was the same kind of energy. I was telling him, like, hey, this isn't working. I don't know what's going on. And Glenn was like, okay, well, Don't focus on everyone else. Like, what can you do to make the situation better? Like, focus on yourself and how you can improve and just ignore the rest, you know? And so that was the second talk I had with him about the same stuff. And he was very supportive, both kinds, and and very understanding. So that was really nice. Well, I'm glad you had a champion there at least. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Glenn was really, I mean, not super keyed in, but at least you were able to have conversations. And I think a lot of the, People, at least a lot of the comments that I saw, a lot of people were wondering why you didn't talk to Daisy more or did you and we just didn't see it about what was going on with Ashley. Daisy has said in interviews a handful of times that she did talk to both of you guys and both of you were like, yeah, everything's fine. Okay, it's fine. And she didn't really know how bad it was until it was bad, bad.
1: Well, that's because Ashley was pretending that she was my friend. So I did think everything was fine. And that's why when Daisy would ask, I would say everything's fine. Because Uh I thought they were fine too.
0: So basically what you're saying is that, and we're sorry about the technical difficulties, guys, but basically what you were saying, if I understood that right, is you didn't go to Daisy because Ashley was making you feel like everything was just fine. Mm -hmm. And so you thought everything was fine and you didn't know what was going on. And plus you don't like to take things to
1: a chief stew that you feel like you can handle on your own. Is that right? Exactly. And also, I didn't know who I could trust at the time. So I didn't even know if I could confide in Daisy at all. Right. I didn't know up until that point. So yeah, no, I thought everything was fine as well. Because Ashley was really good at pretending that things were fine. And then causing shit and talking shit the whole time behind my back, which I was not there for. So I didn't know yeah, it's just, is kind of icky to watch, to be honest. I was like, geez, how can someone be so mean and competitive? Like, I don't compete with other women. I raise other women up, and I just really haven't dealt with that type of personality since Maybe I was a bartender at a nightclub in Miami. Like that's, she's exactly what a Miami bottled service girl is like. And it's something that I don't have the arsenal to combat. I really don't have it in my spirit to even know how to deal with people like that. Cause I'm not around them a lot anymore. Cause I cut that shit out of my life years ago.
0: Yeah. I've gotten some crap for my attitude towards Ashley one, because I'm twice her age, <laughs> but she's the same age as my kids. And I raised my kids to be the diametrical opposite of who Ashley is as a person. So whether I knew you or not, whether I adored you or not, Ashley would still be getting my ire because the way she behaves is just the opposite of how I think humans should be.
1: It just, she reminds me of the cheerleaders in high school and the cool kids and that, that, the mean girls. Like, Mm -hmm. and on Watch What Happens Live, I think one of the viewers and Andy were trying to get me to psychoanalyze Ashley and they're like, is it something deeper? And I try to be playful and just be like, no, she's just jealous of me because I'm fabulous. (laughs) Ha ha ha, move on. (laughs) But like in all actuality, I think that when a woman is nice to her, especially an attractive and smart woman is nice to her she doesn't
2: we lost you all together we'll give her a second it seemed like it was in and out
0: there
1: June June Hannah June June Hannah oh I love that you did that <laughs> 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 oh you were funny as heck <laughs> no I was just saying Ashley is so distrusting of women I feel bad that she's never had good women in her life is what I can see that I'm good at their jobs. She doesn't know how to take it and she, she sees that as distrust or fakeness yeah and that's sad for her I'm sorry because I love women and I love being surrounded by beautiful brilliant motivated women so she didn't know how to take all of the love that I have because there were other times when she was crying about Tom that I consoled her I hugged her I let her sleep in my bed and spooned her while she cried herself So like, that's why I was so in the dark about her behavior behind my back, because I am so trusting.
0: I think that sometimes the world gives us our lessons in a traumatic form. So they stick. (laughs) (laughs) So since you've been through this, what is the biggest lesson that you've taken away about yourself, about what you want in life? What have you taken away from it?
1: Oh, what i've learned the most is that i need to get past this like my needing approval and validation from other people and it needs to come from within Mm -hmm. good one to be careful who i trust and open up to because some people will use that as ammunition against you and that's really hurtful and really crappy so just protecting myself better loving myself more so i don't allow toxic people into my life and always trying to represent my family and my community well and to not get in my head so much and create stories or issues where there are none.
0: (laughs) And that's the other thing, the fiction writing I saw in you, I had a tendency to do right around the same age that you were and creative people. It's easy to do that, to go inside your own head and you've got a whole storyline about what everybody's thinking instead of just communicating Mm -hmm. and getting on the same page with people. And Yeah. You don't mind a little bit of advice from me. That's the easiest way. Instead of thinking that you know what someone's thinking bring it straight to
1: them. Mm -hmm. 100% I agree completely. And that is definitely something I've been working on since filming. And oh, thank you for your advice. I really appreciate it. And I'll get there, girl. I'll get there.
0: You're doing stellar. You have blossomed, I think, since this. And it's a good way to show people who have been on the show, who haven't been on the show, The show is not the be all and the end all in real life yachting. Mm -hmm. Nope. You can leave the show and still have a wonderful, even more successful career than what you imagine. This Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be your launching pad to get into yachting. No, no. And if it was your launching pad, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world either. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. And the maritime industry is huge and there's so many other avenues that you can go. So this is just the beginning, you know?
0: we're very happy for you.
2: And honestly, I hope you get a redemption season. I hope that you get the opportunity to come back after you've had some time away and been able to reflect on everything that happened and that we get to see you again, because I think that would be amazing.
0: I don't want a redemption season for her. I want her and Wes to have their own show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> that could be a redemption season. Oh, my God. I think Wes needs a redemption season, too.
0: Yeah, he deserves one.
1: Say
0: hi, love. Hey, Hey, bud. (laughs) It's so cute. He's adorable. Well, we will let you enjoy your downtime from your busy trip and from being away from him. You guys have fun. Thank you so much for coming back on and talking with us. We love you. Love you too, guys. And we're going to miss seeing you on Monday nights. So we'll have to settle for you popping in our DMs and Instagram. How about that? (laughs) (laughs)
1: For sure. Of course. Don't be a stranger. Love you guys.
0: Love you back. Love you. Bye.
1: <laughs>
0: bye. 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 <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gang Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.